bitch better have my money. Greetings. Welcome to the Hood Rat to Harvard podcast. I'm your host, Shandrika Simmons, also known as the Law Chick. Today, we're going to talk about money, money management, and being trustworthy. Um, for those of you who may not know, um, I'm currently the treasurer of uh, an organization, and I pretty much have been the treasurer of every organization that I've ever been a member of because people trust me with money and as well they should because I'm very good with other people's money up until recently I wasn't very good with my own finances um, but I listened to a couple of podcasts took a couple of online classes um, used my training from when I was the secretary treasurer at a major um, organization over a bunch of unions and finally implemented those in my own life and as a result of that it has drastically changed my life um, to the point where I had a goal um, in my private practice to make six figures this year. Um, and I am set, I'm on par to actually meet that goal. And so I wanted to come and share my insight um, with those of you who may be struggling with managing your finances. Um, for years, I had an issue because it stemmed from childhood. I have a parent who doesn't manage money well, and that's because um, they were never taught how to manage money. And as a result of that, um, it kind of trickled down to my, my sister and I. Um, but I only talk about me and how it impacted me. Um, I saw things I didn't like to see, the buying of things you didn't need, the acquiring of credit cards for different um, stores and constantly shopping to feed the hoarding habit that that person had as well. Um, and I too am a hoarder, I, I hoard paper. Um, so, but it's, I'm a hoarder nonetheless. Um, but in watching that, what I learned was certain things I didn't want to do and that I wasn't going to do, um, but it still didn't stop me from being a spendthrift. So when I do make money, I tend to spend it um, and not plan. And I think that comes stems from also from being growing up poor and not having uh, things and and wanting those things when you get older and don't and not wanting to deprive yourself of those things. And so I went to college, went to law school because I wanted to have nice things and I wanted to not worry about bills and I wanted to be like my best friend's family um, and. They are Jewish and they pay all their bills up front at the beginning of the year. So they don't even worry about it for the entire year. I, When I heard that, I thought that was so amazing. And it has been a goal of mine to do that. So this year I was able to do that with half of my bills. Pay all of them up front at the beginning of the year and not have to worry about them until um, the next cycle, which would be next year. And what it did was relieve a lot of stress from me um, as well. So I think the, the the takeaway I have from implementing the systems that I have 
in my business is that you have to stick to it. Once you implement them, you have to stick to the rules. There's no wavering. There is no, I'll do it another day. There's no, I'm going to do it differently. None of that. If you're going to implement the systems, you need to stick to the systems. And one of those is I have, um, I called my credit union and had them for my business account as well as my personal account. I had them create different savings accounts in addition to my regular savings account. So I have a checking and then I have for my business, I may have five other digital accounts. One of those is a traditional savings account. One is a client's fund account, which I keep all my clients money in. One is a loan account. So if I borrow any money from any entity, I put those funds in there so I can be able to track them when I'm spending um, things that qualify um, for that for those monies. And then one is a account, a miscellaneous account to hold my taxes. So, and I also use um, traditional um, Microsoft Outlook, um, Microsoft um, spreadsheet to do a accounting of all my expenses and and all my income. And I have a line item on there for paying my taxes. I have line items on there for all the dues that I pay. I have line items on there for all the bills that go out. I have a line item on there, line items on there for all the things that I get to write off on my taxes so that I'm constantly keeping track of those things and I'm constantly aware of it. And so when income is coming in, I'm noting it on my spreadsheet. Um, and even if I'm not if I'm not noting on my spreadsheet, I also implemented a system where I have a third-party uh, bill collector who collects all my payments from my clients and they keep a tally of my income so I can occasionally go over there and look at that app and get the income amounts and then input input those into my spreadsheet um, so it's just keeping me on on task and on par and it's actually working for me um, so I just wanted to know let people know that it's a it's a good thing to it's never too late it's never too late to learn it's never too late to try something different. It's never too late to do what it is that you want to do. Um, I see people, younger people, because I'm in my 40s, and I see people, younger people, having fear of doing something. Um, and I, I really don't understand it because um, when I was their age, I wanted to do a lot of things, and there was no one there to tell me that you could you could do all the things you wanted to do and it would be okay. Um, everybody was there to tell you to go to school, do the traditional things, and and basically be a slave to a desk. So that's pretty much what I did. And what is not, it wasn't until I um, became a lawyer and started working and had my own practice that I didn't view um my desk as something bad i love sitting at my desk i love being in my office um the only thing that i don't like about it is being away from my kids and my husband but once these kids are all grown i'll probably be at my office all the time i have a couch there i'll sleep there um i just love being a lawyer um i love everything about it and so uh, i just want kids to know just don't have fear fear uh cripples you and then you don't live out your dreams and you should be living out your dreams i don't 
I don't understand the whole not not wanting to do what you can do, especially if you don't have any children. You don't have any responsibilities other, other than yourself. This is your time. This is your time to do everything under the sun. This is your time to travel once the pandemic is it's no, no longer. This is your time to explore different career opportunities. I don't care if you went to school for uh, 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 culinary. If you don't want to be a chef anymore, that's okay. You could do something else and be something else. Um, that was my little side uh, recommendation regarding career aspirations and not letting fear stifle you. But back to money management and being trustworthy. My husband and I were having a conversation, I think um, a couple of days ago, um, about family. Because one of our family members um, keeps stressing that we should go into business with family and you should um, depend on family to help uh, live out your dreams and all this good stuff. And I, I agree. However, I think a, a remnant of being black in America that has transformed, has that has traveled um, down generations is the fact of we don't trust anybody. So if I can't trust you with my money or I can't trust you to uh, pick me up something from the store, I definitely can't trust you with my money. Uh so I'm not even going to attempt to do such. And and it's a lot of family members that we just we just don't trust. And it's people in general that we don't. We just don't trust people in general. I know my husband tells this story, and one day I'll have him on my podcast. He tells this story of when he first knew that I was going to be his wife. And um, it was centered around money because he felt that um, he could trust me with his money, and he still can, and vice versa. Because even though I grew up not properly managing money, I'm very good with other people's money. I'm very good at making people money, and I'm very good at watching um, other people's money. Um, so I used to have a, uh, I had a girlfriend. She said my girlfriend. Um, when she used to go back and forth to Chicago when she was single. She go back and forth to Chicago. She was moving a lot of money. I don't know what she was doing, and I didn't care, and I didn't ask. And, um... She would come out of my apartment. I I got to drop off uh, $5,000, Shandrika. I'll be back. She knew that she could drop off $5,000 with me. And when she came back, she still have $5,000. Um, we still friends to this day. Um, but that's the type of trustworthiness I want to see in someone. And she's one, I think, one of the only people outside of my husband and my sister's that I would trust with my finances. Um, it's another example of, so my baby sister, not my baby baby sister, but my baby sister, when I was purchasing my law office, um, we had signed all the paperwork, we had paid the asking, asking price, and the seller came back and demanded an additional uh, $5,000. And I didn't have it. That whole transaction tapped me out for that building. Um, and so I called my sister and I said, uh, 
they're asking for another $5,000. Can you give it to me? And she did. And this one, my sister, she didn't have any children. She was still in undergrad and she, and lived in an apartment with two other people. And she gave me the money that I needed to finish the deal for securing my law office. And I'm forever grateful that for that. But I, I, I said that story to show you that I could depend on her for that money and vice versa. So recently she wanted to do something. I'm not sure what it was. It's not my business, but I know it was something passionate to her and she needed the funds for it. So I said, well, why are you taking out a loan for that? I have it. And um, she's like, oh, you got it? And I was like, yes. And she's like, okay, then send it to me. So I did. And it is, and I subscribed to the the um, motto, motto and mantra that I do not loan money to people, but I will give it to you if I have it to give. Um, but if I don't have it to give to you, I'm not loaning it to you. Because what comes with loaning people money is problems. And those problems are uh, trying to get it back, people avoiding you, you getting mad because you see that they are purchasing things and they still owe you money or they making moves and such and they haven't considered you um, at all while they're making these moves. And it just leads to too many things. So if, I, if you needed $500 and I had $500 to give you, I'll give it to you. I have no issue with that but I don't land out money because I'm not finna um, be trying to hunt you down for my money. I'm not finna go back and forth with you about my money. And it's not, my money is never going to become little to anybody. You know how people say, um, you, I loan you $20 and then you, and I ask you for my $20 back. You'd be like, here go your little $20. You're like, whoa, it wasn't little. When you asked for it and I gave it to you, but now all of a sudden it became little. I don't need those problems. I don't want those problems. And I don't have those problems. I know when I adopted this philosophy, when I was, I think my sophomore year, maybe my sophomore year, junior year in college, um, I loaned, loaned someone 60 bucks and I needed it. Like, for real, I was a single mother living in an apartment with just me and my one-bedroom apartment with just me and my baby. I needed that $60. But because they needed it at the time more than me, so I thought, I lent it to them. And once I asked for it back during the time frame it was supposed to be back for me, they ignored me. I said, oh, here we go. And I said, well, I just bought your ass for $60. If that's the case, so now I don't have to deal with you at all in life and never have. I haven't dealt with them since, um, and I'm good on that, and I know who they are, and they know who I am, and the fact that you you knew that I needed that money for me and my baby, you could care less. That's not the adoptive philosophy. I'm not loaning out anything. If I got it to give, I give, but obviously, I was young and dumb because I obviously did not have it to give, and yet I, to loan, and yet I still did it. Just dumb. But you live and learn. And I'm dripping, drinking on some sparkling juice. I don't drink. But I drink uh, sparkling juice. My basement is full of sparkling juice. Um, but yeah, money management and being a good steward. Uh, on my resume, 
um, it says that um, my goal in life is just to be a good st steward over the gifts that God has given me. And I try every day to be just that. I want to um, make sure that everything I do um, is doing right by the people that I love and care for because I would like the same thing done to me. I think it's sad that we don't. I don't know who we is. Let me talk about me. I think it's sad that sometimes that I do things for people and it's not reciprocated. But what I've learned in this journey at this age is that you can't do things for people and expect something. You should just do it. And I think in this, this season of my life, that's what I've learned to just do it. If I want to do it, I'll just do it. And if I don't want to do it, then don't do it. But do not expect others to display gratitude. Do not expect others to display thankfulness. Don't expect any of that. Just do it and walk away. And whatever comes after, after that is what it is. You can accept it or you can reject it. Um, so I like this season in my life of doing just that. And I'm so excited about meeting my goal of making six figures this year. Um, Cause last year I was it 2019. I didn't make a lot of money in my practice. The year before that, I did not make a lot of money in my practice. So my accountant tells me, my tax preparer um, told me, um, Shandrika, if you keep doing this, the government's gonna think that um, this is a hobby. And I looked at him, a hobby. I said, being a lawyer is a hobby. He's like, yeah, a hobby. Cause you're not making any money. And I'm like, ooh, I gotta step this up, baby. So I gotta step, step my pussy up, cause this is this ain't what is where it's at. So I set a goal for myself, and I started educating myself, listening to different podcasts, implementing the systems that they recommended. And one of those was the Profit First uh, recommendation. I bought the book, and I bought the audio version as well, and I listened to that almost every day for like three months. And, lit and implemented all the things that he said to implement. Um, and, that, and those were actually, and then, oh, for my, and one of those was for your personal account, personal checking account, to actually pay yourself a salary. Now, I don't make much, but I do make a conscious effort that after I have um, rendered services and the money is mine to claim, because that's how it is in the legal field, I have to actually work prior to collect to being able to claim the money. I can collect it ahead of time via retainer, but to claim it, I actually have to work, do an invoice, all that good stuff. And then I can move it over from my business operating account to my personal account. So one of the things under Profit First was to create a salary bucket in your account, your check personal checking account where you pay yourself. And so I make a conscious effort every month to reconcile my accounts, see what money I can take out of my client accounts for the work I performed, and then transfer that money over into my personal account as a salary to myself. Now, most of it goes towards my kids and their, their expenses but none and, and pay my household bills, but nonetheless, it's still a salary for myself. And um, I wasn't doing any of that before because when, when um, my tax preparer did my taxes, um, and he's like, well, I'm asking him like, how much money did, did I make? And he was like, well, you didn't make anything. You put yourself, you didn't, um, you didn't pay yourself anything. And I'm like, what? 
So now I have an accountant in addition to my tax preparer. I got an accountant now. And and also he helped me acquire the loans that I need to acquire during the pandemic to keep my office afloat. Um, and those, even though the loan wasn't a lot, because uh, I know some people got a lot of money in their um, their SBA loans. I did not. I got just enough to cover my assistance pay cover my assistance expenses, not her payroll, but cover my assistance expenses and to, and that means buying her laptop so she can work remotely, buying her all the bells and whistles that come on the laptop, like the Microsoft um, suite, buying her the uh, wireless, um, all the gadgets, cell phone number, all that good stuff. And so that was, uh, that allowed me to uh, step my game up as far as my practice goes because she's able to work remotely and I was able to do that by um, paying for all those things via the loan. So my accountant helped me secure that with my credit union. I mean, they work together in tangent. So I was just excited about um, about that because during this pandemic, it is it is, oh my gosh. It has taken a mental toll on me, physical, physically, physical toll on me, and um, tested my spirituality. Um, but I'm strong in my faith. <sighs> Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, so my accountant walked me through that process. I was able to secure a loan for that because even though uh, I have met my goal, I still have to look at the fact that I really achieved something great because I met my goal of making six figures this year during a pandemic after my office was shut down for virtually five months um, with no income coming. I mean, no income coming in. It was, it. oh my gosh, they tell you to be an entrepreneur, they tell you to own your own things and then you do and you have and the governor shuts your stuff down because it's a pandemic and rightfully so I, I i understand and i have another business with my husband we own a hair salon and so that was shut down as well so we had no money coming in and so for me to have met my goal for this year was during a pandemic was i mean come on come on now i'm i'm overly joyed um yeah so with the money management tools that I've implemented this year, um, if anybody is interested in those, just hit me up. I'll email it to you, anything that I have I'm willing to share because I want people to get all the information they can gather on their journey to help them um, to reach their goals as well. Nothing is hidden and I don't think anybody should be hiding anything because what works for someone else um, might not work for you or what works for you may work 10 times better for somebody else. You never know. And so, uh, don't have a jealous heart and share everything. So that's, that's what I, uh, subscribe to. Just don't have a jealous heart and share everything. I've just never been a jealous person. And I think, um, that goes back to the issue of being trustworthy as well. People really trust me and they should. I'm like, a, I'm like a really cool chick. Like, uh, I tell my kids how I raise my kids. Um, I got one that just refuses to go along with the program. But anyway, how I raise my kids is that um, out the womb, I tell them, if I leave $20 on my table, when I come back three days later, I'm going to have 
on my table. I better have $20 on my table because we know what we we know one thing it don't belong to you. That's the one thing we know, right? Not who it belong to. I don't know who it belong to. We know one thing for sure. It doesn't belong to you. And once you know that, conduct yourself accordingly. And so far, that has worked. I can leave money hanging around and it stays where it is. And I tell my kids, I say, you can save me for the rest of your life if you want to, as long as you don't steal. Because I'm not going to watch my things and I'm not going to watch my purse. I'm not doing any of that. You can go. That's what you want to do. You can go. And you can go do it away from here. I'll see you when I see you. Because I'm not, I'm not down with thieving. I'm not down with thieving. In the words of my mother-in-law, may she rest in peace. I don't do thieves. Um, and so I know it's, just a, it's, it's great to be a person that people trust. And it's, it's also um, sad in that when you're done being the treasurer of an organization, it's really hard to hand it over to someone. I do hand it over freely every time, but it's really hard to hand it over to someone who you don't think is trustworthy. Or, and I mean, not so much as being just stealing. I'm talking about the fact of just mismanaging and not being a good steward over the finances because that also comes with it. You can be a person who has good intentions about a budget and and blow it totally. And as a result of that, the organization suffers because of your bad uh, judgment. And so I don't know. So that's, um, that's one of the things I grapple with um, being a treasurer over these different organizations that I belong to is handing over my books to someone and they don't do the right thing by them. But it comes with the territory, especially in these um, affinity bar associations that I belong to. You see it all the time of people mismanaging um, money and not so much stealing, just, just mismanaging. They're just not a good, their profession is not conducive for them to be a money manager. You went to school to be something else. And so, but we're asking you now to actually utilize your money management skills that you may not have. And that can be a, an issue most of the time. So I just, um, I want everyone to take away from this podcast that a couple of things, make a goal and try to achieve it, period. Even if you missed the mark, it's okay. Figure out what you didn't do right or what you could have done different and then try it again. Um, and also don't have that fear stifle, stifle your creativity and your, your ability to dream and implement those dreams. You can be a, uh, a car salesman today and you can be a PhD 10 years from now. It's doable. And why not? Shoot. Um, and also don't just listen to podcasts, implement the stuff that you, that you're, that you're learning, put it into your life actions um faith faith that our works is dead so don't let your let your your thoughts die do something implement it it'll change your life you never one way or the other positive or negative or neutral is going to change because a lot of people don't know that neutral is change stagnant change but change nonetheless because everything else is changing around you and you're still neutral so it's still changed, just 
different type of change. Um, but yeah, money management and being trustworthy. Great, great tools give great results. And I have some great tools that I have implemented and I'm just excited and overjoyed that in this uh, season of my life that I'm achieving some of those goals. Even though I'm making six figures, I know that some of that is not, majority of that is not mine to keep because I still have, oh, and I, I acquired two employees um, during the pandemic as well. So uh, a lot of my money goes to payroll and that's cool because it helps with my sanity. Um, and you, you, you can't, you can't put a price on peace of mind. And I have some of the, I have the best assistant, the best assistant. She is top notch. Um, so money management, being trustworthy. You're welcome. And this has been an episode of Hood Rat to Harvard featuring your host, Chandrika Simmons, also known as The Law Chick. Please subscribe and follow me on all platforms. I'm on anchor.fm slash Chandrika. Chandrika Simmons. Yeah. And then I'm on Google Podcasts, Hood Rat to Harvard. And I'm also on other podcast platforms. So look me up. It's Hood Rat to Harvard, H-O-O-D-R-A-T, the number two, H-A-R-V-A-R-D. Follow me, subscribe, and like. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So um, this is my blog journey, my podcast journey, my journey into newness. I wanted to do this. I need an outlet to get all my creativity out and all my hood radishness out. And this is it. Thank you.